EFTM Tech Cars Lifestyle. This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long. EFTM. Well, g'day, g'day. I'm just here to keep the podcast feed alive. I mean, I worry that the, the unsubscription rate by default of some podcast apps might be, you know, a couple of weeks. They don't, they don't let people take breaks. I mean, it wasn't even a holiday. But imagine taking a holiday from a podcast and then having all your listeners' apps just stop giving them episodes, which may well be the case here. I don't know. But... Um, that's the way it is. It's uh, mid-January. It's lovely to be back. I am back on home soil, um, but I'm not 100% back to work, if, if you know what I mean. We've still got a couple of weeks of school holidays, so I'm trying to take as much time at, at home as I can. So just here this morning and uh, part of my what was last year's regular, and I'll get to that in a bit, um, uh, process of a Tuesday morning, a bit of radio and TV and different work. Um, and fit the podcast in between it all. And that's um, that's the way I'll kick off the year here. So hopefully I can get home the Savo, see the kids play around, and then uh, do the same again tomorrow. Um, and then at some point this week, I have to definitely uh, mow the lawns. So there's definitely work to be done at home. Um, but yes, not 100% back into, you know, contenting, as we say. And I'll, I will talk through that a little bit later in the show. Um Main reason for this program, this episode, is just to get back in the feed, get the process happening again, get get you back in the in the swing of things as your year starts to ramp up, if it hasn't already. Um, if you got a break, congratulations. Hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, hope you got another good one planned and coming up. Um, no calls on this week's show. Um, I just figured a lot of the a lot of the older emails are literally old now, and also the I'm well aware that the Ask Trev form was was broken on the website and uh, someone's at the front door and they can go away now. Um, so the form is, well, I think it's fixed. It's half fixed. Uh, the issues with it have been removed. So if you do have a question, uh, jump on. And as we always do every Tuesday-ish, I'll jump on uh, and try and get in touch with as many people as I can um, to, uh, to chat about technology and see what tech questions you've got. Um, so if you've got a tech question, just go to the website, eftm.com and click on Ask Trev. That's how we'll uh, we'll get in touch with you and hopefully help you out with your tech questions. And hopefully if you've got some, you've had them stored up. If you're looking to buy something new for the new year, great stuff. Um, if you're looking to save money in 2023, let's work out how to do that together. Um, and uh, yeah, if you've uh, got any new gadgets over the new year or Christmas break, um, let us know what they are. Share your cool new thing with everyone else. Send me an email. We'll have a chat and uh, hopefully a lot of people can learn from uh, from what's what was under your Christmas tree or what you gifted yourself uh, over the festive period. So uh, that's the plan. That's the go. And that's the EFTM podcast. So uh, let's get back into it uh, over the weeks ahead. So basically the plan here is to over the next couple of weeks, we'll just roll back into it, get those calls rolling through and start playing with, um, with some uh, interesting content. As 2023 pans out. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM. So we are uh, back from uh, from CES 2023 in Las Vegas. Uh, and look, it was a, an absolutely cracking show. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it was exhausting. Um, and I'm glad to be back. Uh, but I'm also super proud of, of what we achieved. Uh, the team 
back here in Australia, Daniel and Scott absolutely churning out content like no no one could ever believe. Um, there's there's no part of CS that wasn't covered by the FTM team. Um, Flipsy and John on the ground trawling the halls, looking for interesting stuff and joining me at Unveiled and different things. And of course, Stig there helping um, film everything we did. Uh, yeah, a lot going on. So um, yeah, it was it was fantastic. Um, it was a it was not a normal show. I want to say it wasn't. Um, I guess uh, CES of 2020, for example. Um, it was still a little bit down in terms of size, but it was busy. Um, very, very busy. So um, yeah, a lot, uh, a lot to take in. And I think the cool thing there is that we. I don't think we've got back to the CS of, of the original days. I think that um, there's still a lot of growth in the show. I think it's lost its way a little bit. Um, and I think certainly the car companies, for example, uh, could come back in big numbers. You know, some of the big big car brands weren't there, and I think they could be. Um, so there, there's more growth to have in the show, and I think that's what's really exciting about it. So, um, yeah, it's um, – it's it's not the same as it always has been, but it was still vastly uh, improved on obviously not having it and then having um, last uh, last year's kind of half half version of the show. So my sincere thanks to, to Daniel and Scott, uh, to Flipsy, to John, to Stig, um, to Jolly for all the social work and to all the boys moderating the Facebook page. And I'll be honest, I haven't even jumped back on the Facebook page, so... I'll get in there soon. Um, I know there's been a lot of a lot of messages and, and notes in there, so I'll get in there soon. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's a it's a little little community we have as a team, and I'm forever grateful for the, the efforts they do. Good news is the moderators and Stig and Jolly and I uh, we're going to head out to see Tom Segura on Saturday. So a little bit of a a, a reward for the team. Thank you for all your help, boys. Um, we're going to head out and see Tom Segura in Sydney. Um, this Saturday, which I can't wait for because I think most people know I'm a massive fan of Tom and Bert. Um, and Tom's in the country now. He's done Perth shows, Adelaide shows, and he's now um, now lining up for his Sydney shows, I think, on Friday and Saturday. So looking forward to that. Um, oh, I love my stand-up comedy. Do you, I mean, I would take recommendations, but I think I know them all. Um, and I'm more a fan of the absolutely most refined sort. Like I'd can't yet get into the people that are just breaking through. I'm, I need I need you to be Netflix special worthy <laughs> before I'm there. Uh, tell you what, it's also interesting. Nate Bargetsy, who had a great special on Netflix, has, has switched his new special at the end of the month, comes out on Amazon Prime. So nice little battle going on there between the streaming services. And when I catch up with Stephen Fennick um, later this week, we'll do the private feed. Bit to catch up on there and streaming too with the uh, – I smashed some Tulsa King. On the plane, as well as uh, kicking into the 1923, the uh, prequel to uh, Yellowstone. So, my God, uh, that's what happens when you get so much time on a plane and um, you get to really churn through some content. So, I want to run through some of the cool stuff from CS. There's also some interesting stuff happening with ChatGPT. And then I want to talk about um, 2023 and what you want uh, from EFTM. Now, if you are a regular reader, you will have seen the um, the Dyson Zone headphones. 
These were announced on April the 1st, 2022. And I thought it was a April Fool's joke. It was not. It is a real product. Um, I then did a briefing with some engineers, which kind of reconfirmed that it was a real product. And um, then I got to try them. So I went to a, a suite at the Cosmopolitan. It wasn't really sweet to be honest, it was just a hotel room. At the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. And they ran me through you know, all their thinking around the Dyson Zone headphones. Now, these are epic headphones with air purification. So from a headphone perspective, um, this is the first audio product Dyson's ever released. And they talk a lot about how much effort they put into not just the tuning of them, but um, the, the frequency response. So essentially, these have... A, a wider frequency response than the human ear. So basically there's nothing you're missing in terms of audio, nothing you're missing in terms of what was recorded that you can hear. Now putting them on and listening to, I think it was blinding lights by the weekend. Um, it was phenomenal. They are, they sound amazing. Noise cancelling obviously kicks in and nothing can be heard around me. A brilliant sound. They're obviously a large ear cup for a bit of passive noise cancelling as well as active noise cancelling as well. Sound quality was brilliant. Um, and I think for headphones, this is the interesting thing about this product. They work as headphones alone. And I think as they will be reviewed as headphones alone, I think they will come out very, very well. But then when they're reviewed as headphones alone, they'll still have a price tag and that will make them compete with some of the most high-end audio brands in the world, like Focal. And I don't believe that the bang for the buck will be there from Dyson, especially given how big they are. These are huge headphones and they're huge because then there's this face mask thing. And if you look at EFTM.com and you look at the photos of me wearing this thing, I look ridiculous. Now that face mask, it looks metal, but it's actually a uh, very bendable plastic, very durable. Um, and it magnetically clips on, which is genius. You just hold it up to your face and it clips on. Brilliant. And as soon as it clips on, the air, the air purification kicks in and these little motors on each ear starts spinning and bringing in the air from the ear cups and pushing it out the front into your nose and mouth. And you feel this breath of fresh air. Brilliant idea. Tap the, the mask down and it drops but stays attached and turns off the air, air purification, turns on the transparency so you can hear what's around. You can have a conversation and drink your coffee or whatever. Again, brilliant design. But who the hell's wearing these things? Dyson talked about the London Underground, the, the New York subway. And obviously there's places like China where air pure purity is horrible. These countries have shocking air that are just, it's just of normal breathing. And so in those places, you know, a face mask is worn to protect you from the, the shocking air. But I, I don't know that I'd wear these down the street in Beijing. And if I was getting on the New York subway, I'd be worried the thoughts of people around me because the sound of the motors is actually not quiet. So you're going to have to contest with people around you thinking, what's that noise, mate? What are you running there? What, what motors are there? Little tiny motors spinning at a high rate, uh, purifying air, bringing it in through the cups, through a, a, a HEPA plus filter, and then pushing it out your mouth. Now, New York, London, China, great markets. But I'll be honest. I don't see many places in Australia where air quality is such an issue 
that people will be like, oh, I'm going to buy these Dyson Zone. In fact, I genuinely struggle to believe they'll even sell them here. If they do, they'll sell them in such a niche way, in such a small, like direct only, or, or maybe only in flagship Harvey Norman stores or whatever. And they'll have to sell them as an audio product with the benefit of, no, of uh, air purification. I know people buy air purifiers and they buy them a lot, which is great. But if it's bushfire season, aren't you better off staying inside than walking around with an air purifier? That's exactly where I'll try it. I don't know. I just, it, it's launching in the first in the US, UK and China, I think it is. Um, and I think that it's a, it's genuinely a struggle to see this coming to Australia. And by the way, it's $949 in America um, with accessories, excuse me, like a case, um, different cables. Um, there's all these, you know, cool accessories. So you could spend more. You could spend a thousand plus US dollars. And that means add taxes, add import, add all those things. It's going to be a $2,000 product in Australia. Crazy expensive. Is it really going to sell? Like how much of a Dyson fan do you have to be to want to buy their headphones at that price? I don't know. I struggle a lot with it. I really, really do. So we will see, folks. But have a look at the photos. And uh, Matthew, old man of mine, um, said to me, the photos look like stock images. Um, they, they're, they're great photos. Um, but that you're right, they do look like kind of stock uh, lifestyle imagery of me wearing these things. But you'll, you'll appreciate how... How big they are as headphones, first and foremost, and secondly, how wild they look when you're wearing the air purification part. So we shall see. All right, we'll see just how um, they they take on and whether or not they come to Australia. Genuinely, not sure, and I don't know that for a fact. I just just don't see them being released as widely as something like the. Um, the, the Dyson hairdryer, hair for example. That thing's got clout. That thing's got a, a wide niche. I'm not so sure about the headphones. Now, the other product I want you to spend a bit of time looking at, if you haven't had a good look, is BMW's Vision D from CES. Now, there's three parts to this story that I want you to analyze in, in reflection of, of CES. And I know we covered a lot of this in, in the Two Blokes uh, podcast, but firstly, have a look at this car and have a look at the different angles of it. Honestly, it's got a great stance. The rear quarter, because it's a little um, sedan, the rear quarter looks like a Tirana to me. Like it, it's got that small sedan feeling about it. And, and it's a good look. I genuinely would buy this car, forget all the fanciness. I'd buy this car just on its design. Now, there's two parts to this concept. The first one is the outside. It, ha it has hundreds and hundreds of panels on it that uh, are a kind of a digital e-ink. And they're this year, because last year they were kind of black and white, this year they're in color. So this year they can ch you can change up to 32 different colors. And that means that you can get it in a beautiful stripe pattern, a full solid block pattern or whatever you like. It, it's beautiful. It's very cool. But that's not the real thing here. That's, that's just a great idea, great show off, great way to get attention. What I was most impressed with was on the inside. Now, as a driver, you would program this. You would have an avatar. It would know who you are. You approach it, it would welcome you. So there's a photo on EFTM.com of 
the car welcoming me. It says, welcome, Trevor. And it's got this avatar of me. It doesn't look like me at all because we couldn't find a fat, balding dude on the uh, computer system. But that's your avatar welcoming you on the door. You are you get in the inside and there is no screens. There's no dashboard screen. There's no center console screen. It's all this beautiful soft touch fabrics. Very conceptual. But when you turn the car on and when you start driving, this thing has a head-up display that is mind-blowing. We've seen head-up displays for years and they're, they're fantastic. I love Love, love a head-up display. Um, I I think that all cars should have them by default. Because I watched my, it's actually fun watching my son drive. And we did a lot of driving in the country. And, you know, their eyeballs going up and out, up and out, up and out from the speedo to the road, speedo to the road. It's a lot. So with a head-up display, that speed is constantly shown in front of you on the windscreen, which is kind of where it should be. Now, BMW's vision for that head-up display is that it takes up the entire windscreen, entire width of the windscreen, and about half the height. Now, they talk, frankly, wrongly. They talk about things like social media. Forget all that. Just think of it as three-part screen. First part for the driver, middle part for everyone, and right-hand part for the passenger. Passenger might have a touch um, control in front of them. Driver has a touch control. And essentially on the steering wheel, they can choose what, what's displayed in front of them. Your speed, your range, all that kind of stuff, as well as potential navigation. Now, we've seen augmented reality navigation with Mercedes-Benz, but now put that on a fuller screen and you can have the road in front of you painted with arrows based on where you need to go. That's cool. But the best example I saw was a cyclist in the virtual demo I had came out beside us and the car highlighted that cyclist in a red box and the and the screen flashed a little bit red to warn me of the cyclist and it, it stayed highlighted so because it's augmented reality it knows where it is and can highlight that so i know where the obstacle is such a great use of a larger screen technology in a head-up display in the center screen you might have your music playing what radio is playing and all those things just appear to everyone in the in the in the car but again they're they're not looking down to see it and i think that is exciting for the driver um, how it gets used on the right-hand side, passenger gets a display, whatever, who knows. But BMW said to me, this was coming to BMW cars in 2025. So they've got a new class. They call it Neue Klasse. Um, new class of BMW beginning in 2025, which will obviously have a new styling um, design cues and things like that. But this head-up display technology will come to them. It might not be as amazing and detailed as we saw in our demo, but imagine a much larger head-up display. And I do believe, imagine some augmented um, components of that are genuinely coming to BMWs in the uh, year or three ahead. So 2025 onwards. So imagine 2026 onwards is when we start to see that here in Australia. I think it's exciting. I really do. I was, I was very excited by that, um, by that concept. So check out the BMW color-changing car. All the details are at EFTM.com. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Now, the other one I did a video of, which and you'll see that video on TikTok. Um, just search Trevor Long on TikTok. And um, I did a video of these glasses called the TCL uh, Ray Neo X2s. Now, the TCL smart glasses we saw last year were cinema glasses. You, you have a cable, you plug them into a computer or a phone, and it projects on, on the screen in front of you. You're kind of shut out from the real world, but still have some light coming in, but you can't see through the glasses. These are different. These are augmented reality glasses or mixed reality. So they look like normal spectacles, big ones, like brains from uh, Thunderbirds. But on the inside is a tiny mini or micro LED uh, 
projection that bounces onto the lens in front of you and has a bit of technology there to ensure that bounces back into your field of view. So I was able to see essentially a menu system. Now, a couple of things are exciting here. Firstly, it's full color. And secondly, it's augmented reality smarts. There are cameras so it can detect things in front of you. So they see a vision where you put your hand out in front of you and a map appears. But forget all that because that, that'll, that'll be done through developers over the next three to six months. These, they say, after they go to developers, could come to regular people like me and you, end of the year, middle, middle end of the year. The demonstration I saw that blew my mind, more than, frankly, I've had my mind blown at CS for a very long time, was translation. Using a touch-sensitive pad on the side, I touched, navigated, off we went, and I chose translation. Lovely lady from TCL speaking Mandarin or Cantonese, I don't know, um, standing in front of me, started talking in, in her native tongue. And in front of me, while I listened to her, were her words, but in English. So she spoke Mandarin. I saw English. About a three to five second delay. Awkward in, in many senses, but still uh, usable in terms of directions or, or instructions. Now, obviously, she needs to understand English to understand my responses, but if she had glasses, perhaps she could see um, Chinese characters when I speak English. Who knows? But I got to see, we went to Unveiled a few nights earlier, and this is a show where cool gadgets are, and there was this um, uh, company there with headphones that do translation. And we've seen this before with Google and others. And I, I was talking to the guy. I was trying to talk to him about, you know, getting the headphones for the Today Show, da 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 But I couldn't understand me. And I'm thinking, if we're having a conversation, me and you, and you've got a product that translates, how's this happening that you can't understand what I'm saying? So I kind of walked away from that. And then here I am, a couple of days later, with these glasses from TCL that did exactly what I needed to be done that other night. It was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. So, um, yeah, really impressive stuff. I, I genuinely think that they're, they're onto something purely from a travel perspective, but obviously price capabilities and other things will be challenging for them. And it'll be fascinating to see how that all rolls out from, uh, from TCL. And just finally, before I talk about a couple other things from CES, the TVs were phenomenal. Um, Samsung's blend, edge blending with two freestyle projectors, awesome. Samsung getting into OLED in a big way, very interesting. Clearly, they're struggling at a retail level to take sales from LG. So by having an OLED, which they call OLED, um, they have more luck at that. So that's a big win for, for Samsung. They're also talking micro LED up still, which is the larger format. TV style. TCL, a lot of mini LED TVs coming this year, greater improved quality. Hisense, ULED TVs are all going to be mini LED this year. So anything that's ULED is mini LED. Anything that's ULED has the gaming potential, the Dolby stuff. It's like they've phenomenally packed their range. But what they've also done is added a new technology called mini LED X, which is for the premium products, which on an 85-inch TV, I think the number is 20,000 backlights, 5,000 zones of dimming. And John and I tried to work this out. That would mean that the dimming zone is about two centimetres by two centimetres, probably two and a half by one and a half when you look at aspect ratios. But the dimming zones are that small. You know, look at the size of, you know, I don't know, 20 cent piece, 50 cent piece. That to me feels like about the size of a dimming zone on a new mini LED X technology. And I think it's smart. Hisense were the only ones that really talked about everyday people TVs. 
Samsung talked about the top end premium of the market and that that freestyle stuff. Uh, LG had their wireless OLED TV that just needs power and you can transmit your Foxtel from the other side of the room, all that kind of stuff. Very cool. But Hisense went, we've got a big range. Um, we've got every price point, every size, every technology covered. We got you. And I think that was probably the, for the average consumer, Hisense were the winner of the show. In terms of TV technology, it was uh, it was probably LG. Um, I'm you know, not entirely sure... Um, how well that's going to sell. There's a 77-inch and a 97-inch version of that LG. But uh, let's wait and see um, just how that goes. I would put my money right now on Hisense doing very well this year with cost of living pressures, uh, interest rates, and all that stuff. I think Hisense are probably going to be in the best, best position to cater to people looking for a new TV this year. So lots of exciting stuff coming from CES this year. Lots of cool stuff on the website. Let me know what was your favorite. If you followed along, let me know what was your favorite um, content. Let me know what was your favorite um, thing we found or you saw that we haven't seen. Um, if you heard about it at CES, let us know. Just go to the website, click Ask Trev, um, send me an email or get in touch on social media channels. You know where to go. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Now, like a lot of people, I've been playing around with this chat GPT a bit, and I've talked about some of the features I've used it, and I've, I've asked it to, to write essays on topics. I've asked it to write real estate ads. I've asked it to write lesson plans for teachers. I've, I've done a whole lot of tests on it. But what I, what I think is fascinating is, A, the speed of it, B, the natural language understanding, and I think that what we have here is a potential risk to Google. Now, Microsoft, I understand, may have invested around a billion dollars in this product. And part of that would be in simply the, the infrastructure, the Azure cloud platform that Microsoft has, um, this whole thing's running on. But I have to say that if you were to take its ability to read the internet, so what it did was read all of Reddit and forums and, and places to see how people converse in text. So it can, it can write more like a human. And then you take its ability to, to read information and disseminate that, which today isn't perfect, but just tweak it a bit and go, if, if the information is written there, put it here. Could ChatGPT be better than Google? Think about what we ask Google. You know, what's the time in New York? I ask that all the time. Time New York. Now, time New York, and then ChatGPT might respond, uh, do you want to know what the weather is? And I might say yes, and it might explain the weather to me or present it to me differently. Here's the thing. If Microsoft is a big investor and, and it's going well, why can't Bing utilize ChatGPT to improve its results, to change the way we see results on a search engine? That hasn't changed for a very long time. So we may just be about to see the biggest disruption in internet search, internet uh, categorization since Google took on Yahoo. Just ponder that for a minute. It's been a long time. Yahoo was an unbelievable um, catalog of the internet. And I say catalog specifically because it did not index the internet. Google indexes, which means it goes to eftm.com and it reads every link. So it follows every link on the page and then follows every link from there. So it's a, it's a pyramid. From one page goes to many, many, many more. And once you've done that across enough sites, you've seen the whole internet. That's indexing the internet, saving it. Uh, understanding what's written on it all. Y Yahoo back in the day was a directory. 
catalog. You would submit your site to Yahoo. Someone would look at it and go, yep, that's uh, that's Candela Motorsport. That's got the Bathurst information. We're going to put that on the motorsport or motoring category, and we're going to tell people it's the it's information for the Bathurst 1000. And that was back in, you know, the late 90s. Um, we went from a very manual process to an entirely automated process to potentially now seeing a artificial intelligently manual process where AI is able to understand exactly what it sees on the internet and put it up there for us to, to see and read. I, for one, am very excited about that. I, for one, think that has great capabilities and could change the way the internet is used, searched, and um, read. It's scary because we have no way of determining who's writing the essays and, and, and job ads and things that are being written, but I saw Victor Dominello, um, the New South Wales Minister for Customer Service, use ChatGPT to write a Facebook post. Um, it was wild. It's so easy to do. What do you think? Have you used it? And what's the coolest thing you've used it for? That's what I want to hear. If you've got a screenshot, send it to me. Uh, if you're on social media, tag me. Let me know what you've used ChatGPT for. And what do you think is the future implications? Because I'll tell you my favorite future use, and I mentioned this to Stephen Fennick, I think, in one of our shows, is your Grammarly-style subscription. I would pay a small nominal monthly amount to have an app on my phone that allowed me to type an email and then highlight the text and change the, the tone to more neutral or aggressive or friendly or whatever. So I wrote a response to a LinkedIn post the other day and you know, I had to run it by the boys. I had to sit on it for an hour and a half to make sure I wasn't going over the top and then I removed a few things, changed a few things, mainly the, the emoji, finger, middle finger emoji. I removed that. I thought that was um, a good thing to do. But ChatGPT could potentially be a better way of analysing a, a paragraph that I've written and saying, can you, can you tone this down or can you make this friendly? I mean, imagine that. I think that is the initial potential, but I think the long-term, taking on Google is where it's at, which is super exciting. Oh, I just can't believe we're talking about it. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM. All right, well, just finally, uh, while I'm rabbiting on here, standing around talking to myself, uh, I've got some radio to do, so I do need to move on, but uh, I appreciate you listening for 30-odd minutes, and uh, it's just me rambling on, so I get that. We'll, we'll get back to normal programming as soon as I can. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. So I haven't made any changes to my my schedule for 2023 yet, but I want to because I want to get back time for me. Um, I said to Stephen, I want to get back on the golf course and we, we I kind of lost that by, we changed our record dates and a few other things. Um, but I kind of want to know what matters. Eh, what's the most important thing? For example, do I need this show? Because if I don't need this show, if we cover it all on two blokes, then uh, maybe I don't do it. Um, where are you listening to me on the radio? What are you reading of mine and... Are you just doing it on Facebook or are you just doing it on Twitter or are you on the website? Let me understand how you're using it, what you're using and what you like most. Um, do you do you see the, the videos on TikTok? Do, you, do I share enough of them on other platforms? Do I need to do more of that? I don't know. I just want to have a think about that for the next month and then go, right, what's right and wrong about my schedule so that I can bring back a bit of focus and concentration to my, my planning and the way I time out my week and, and my days. So I'd love to hear from you on that. Um, I always appreciate your input. It means a lot to me that you take the time to listen, let alone get in touch, let alone be a subscriber. And um, hopefully that continues for a long time to come. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you for downloading. 
And uh, thank you for your loyalty. Two Blokes Talking Tech will be back on Thursday night, uh, the private feed on Friday. And this week's movie is Close Encounters, the third time, third kind. So if you are listening on the EFTM podcast feed, jump out of Two Blokes Talking Tech and subscribe there as well. If you're listening on Two Blokes Talking Tech, thank you for your uh, patience on this show and uh, enjoy every other show that comes out this week. Uh, back again soon on the EFTM podcast. Until then, um, have a lovely time. Hopefully you get some good time with your family because, you know, work-life balance is very important and, uh, you know, nothing more joyful than uh, than a hug from the kids. So uh, stay in touch, get in touch on any platform you like and I'll do my best to respond. See you soon. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say 